Welcome, relatives. Welcome to another exciting episode of Big Uncle Energy, that big, big energy. We have a great guest today. We have none other than Jared Tate. And if you don't know who he is, I really really encourage relatives to get to know who he is. We are talking about a very multifaceted, phenomenal being. And why don't we let reflection be our guide? Keep perception out of it. And let Jared, in his own words, tell you who he is. My name is Jared Impachichaha Tate. I am a classical composer and I am Chickasaw. I study music of Indian America and I use that in classical composition. I am very driven to make sure that Chickasaw music and the Chickasaw language is present in my music as well. A very overt and very clear example of this is the project that I did with the San Francisco Symphony, the first Chickasaw contemporary classical CD. Chickasaw music is very call and response based. So you generally have a lead singer who sings a a tune and then the singers respond. In juxtaposing Indian history with classical training, I just really very much wrote from the heart. I'm very humbled with the fact that I am able to express myself through the medium of fine art about my Indian identity. Writing music makes me feel more Chickasaw. No matter who, We respect the smallest, the least, like the spider in our old story who carried the fire back to us, walked across water from the island with fire on its back, and returned the sacred fire to its place, our center, both as a nation and as a man, a woman, a child. Fire is our name.
At the end of the spoken, the sung, the dreamed into life and the fire, that is when we are new and begin. The clouds rise up. The creative life has spoken through all the nights and fires, all along the sacred forest and river and stone with its own words. The telling could begin, and once it begins, it may continue. One seed, one life, one thing, one word growing after another. Relative. Chukma, how are you doing, April? I am well. And are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's go. Right. Well, (laughs) it is an honor to have you here, Relative. And welcome to Intertribal Radio. My name is Wayu Aniha Wynn. And I am speaking to you from the lands of the Lakota, the Umaha, the Winnebago, the Fox and Sox, and the Cheyenne. Terrific. Well, my name is uh, Jared Impachachaha Tate. So, hold your foot, Jared Impachachaha Tate. Impachachaha Choka Michashawa Iksa Ishtaun Shalolili Taloa Ikbili. Hi, everyone. My name is Jared Tate, and I am a citizen of the Chickasaw Nation here in Oklahoma, and I'm a professional classical composer. And, April, what an honor to be on your show. This is so much fun. <laughs> Thank you, relative. And again, this is an honor that, you know, that you reached back, you know, at the request. And, you know, something I shared with you in a personal conversation was the fact that when um, my friend requested you, mm-hmm. you reached back to me. And that honestly means a lot. It means a lot to the fact that, you know, regardless of my perception of you or, you know, anybody, you know, could have of you, you know, you are a very humble (laughs) and receptive and um, very personal individual and Thank you. Thank well, you thank, for... I, I appreciate that. I, I thank you also. You know, I have, I also have insecurities when I reach out to people too. And I never know, you know, if they're going to think it's okay to talk to me. And I mean, we're just, you know, we're all just people on the planet. And and so I, I understand what you're saying because I, I have to reach out to folks a lot, you know, in, in what I do. And, and I'm not always sure if they're going to think I'm okay. <laughs> you know, what they're going to exactly. think. And so... 
<laughs> so we're all on the same page, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and thank you. And, you know, I had to find and create that space right here and right now. And I apologize for, you know, the the time difference, you know, with, with um, you know, um, because I've been looking forward to this. I have, you know, I, I have a musical background, um, you know, you know, who, um, you know, who I am and the things, you know, a little bit about the things that I've, the work that I've put in and, you know, um, when I say it is an honor, you know, to have you as a guest, I truly mean that because, you know, my, you know, people may perceive or whatever that they may think that I, I am stuck in a genre, you know, and I'm not. And, you know, let's talk about, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about who Jared is. Let's, let's, okay. so in your own words, okay, because, you know, what better way to introduce you to the, to our relatives, our audience, and whoever, you know, allies, you know, mm -hmm. let's not, let's not, let's not limit who we could reach, you know, in this moment and time. So right. tell us who you are, who you want us to know you as. Well, I, I sure appreciate that. Well, you know, I, I am um, my parents, actually. And I, I like to talk about, you know, where I came from. Um, my father, Charles, is Chickasaw from Oklahoma. He was born and raised in Ardmore. Um, in the center of the Chickasaw Nation here in Oklahoma. And um, dad, uh, professionally, um, as it was a tribal judge, special district judge and lawyer. He went to Oklahoma University Law School. And dad cut his teeth in law in the 70s when he immediately went out after graduate school and um, actually got his, after he got his Juris degree and um, went and worked with uh, the Pueblos on water rights in the 70s. That was, you know, really, really a uh, busy time in Indian country politically and socially for us. Uh, we were all uh, redoing constitutions. Um, our own tribe was doing redoing our constitution. And my dad was author to our the current constitution that we have with the Chickasaw Nation. Lots of really cool, busy stuff that I grew up with. Um, I was very fortunate to be exposed to all that. And my dad is also a phenomenally trained classical pianist and baritone. And so I actually started piano with my Chickasaw father. And um, so anyway, he's, he's quite a dynamic guy. So it's really cool because now um, I'm blessed that my father's alive and we're so close because he and I speak Indian law and opera in the same sentence. <laughs> it's just terrific to be able to do that. So, but uh, my mother, Patricia, uh, was Manx Irish. And so I am Manx and Chickasaw. And mom was from Nebraska. She was born in Omaha and raised in Lincoln. And um, are, mom was a professional. Yeah. She, she was a, yeah. So I've got, I have actually family that came from that area, um, which is really cool. So I spent a lot of time going through Lincoln a bunch when I was a kid. And when I went to college in Chicago, I would stop through Lincoln and, and see my grandma and my mom's mom there on the way to and from school all the time. And so, that is but mom, phenomenal because you know that's where I'm speaking from. That's so, right. <laughs> I mean, now it's it's coming, it's coming clearer for me. Yeah. Why there was this need to reach out to you, like yeah. I mean, your work. 
I I am I, I've not read that in any thing that you have, you know, that that that's out there about who you are. Now I knew the history of where your influence came from, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not know yeah well and then also mom was a professional choreographer and dancer and so my parents met in the theater so i grew up um very um saturated with american theater and dance and you know a lot of my artistic heroes are um female choreographers from the earlier part of the century american choreographers like martha graham and isadora duncan ruth st dennis um Agnes DeMille, and then of course Ted Sean was in there, and then you got Bob Fosse and Jerome Robbins and Alvin Ailey. All these, all these dance greats in America were really influential on me, and I'm just so grateful. You know, here I'm in my 50s now, and it's it's uh, I'm able to look back and just kind of like be just in awe of what I was given to what I was given by both of my parents. It's just incredible, and I continue to learn by the things that they gave me when I was, you know, before I was 10 years old, they were giving me life tools and perspectives and information and experiences that, I mean, to this day, I keep thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, and, and, you know, fortunately I can talk to my mom in in heaven. Now she's, she passed away 16 years ago, but I'm able to talk to her now and say, mom, look at this. Look, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Look, look what's coming to fruition that I was able to learn. And it's just, it's really beautiful, you know, and my parents were really, Go ahead. She was wasn't she your influence for that first? She, my, mom, it's I, it's so ironic because here my my Irish mother um, commissioned my very first uh, score for a ballet that she was doing based on American Indian stories from the Northern Plains and Rockies. So um, she and she was teaching at the University of Wyoming, and she wanted to do a new ballet based on culture from that area. And she, you know, she just like. I was a piano major at the time. I was, I was a pianist like dad. And she just turned to me and she's like, well, you're my Chickasaw kid. You can write the ballet score. And I was like, why? <laughs> where, where would that connection come from? I mean, seriously, in our history, how, how do you, how do you, how, how would that, you know, because that isn't, you know, you wouldn't think symphony. You wouldn't think, um, you know, let's say genre okay yeah where you would not think that are who we are as people mm-hmm. an influence or that you know your mom knew right though she knew mm-hmm. who to go to when she <laughs> said create that you know what i mean mm-hmm. so connect yeah. that Connect that for us. Connect that. Yeah, sure. I, I I appreciate that because you know this is. I mean, this is fascinating. You think about it. It's like all all little pieces of world history of, of people from all over the world is really deep and fascinating. So here you're talking to a Chickasaw native classical musician, and so well there there was one person bef- before me who was very legendary to us in the classical field and Lewis Ballard and Lewis Ballard was born 1934 and he's, um, he's Quapaw and Cherokee from Oklahoma. And Lewis was our very first professional classical composer in Indian country. And uh, I, I'm very grateful that he uh, became a friend of mine. 
Um, but I did more and I knew of, I knew who he was, but I just didn't really know his music. And I just never put it together that my classical musicianship and my and my ethnic heritage would would marry like this. So I just it wasn't in my wheelhouse. So once that happened and once that floodgate was opened, um, you know, I contacted Lewis and started talking to him about being a symphonic American Indian composer. And he's, he was just absolutely beautiful and, and wonderful to me and very supportive. And he just, I mean, he was an incredible influence. And so that was beautiful, but you know, it's really cool back in the, in the fifties and sixties, we had, you know, our five American Indian ballerinas and Maria Tolchief actually was just honored, I think in DC or something for her work yes. with ballet. And I mean, she was internationally famous. I mean, we, we had some great ballet dancers here from Oklahoma. And, and, um, uh, and so the reason I say that is because Lewis Ballard composed a, a ballet entitled the four moons for them. And, um, and so my parents were at the premiere um, at Lewis's premiere here in Oklahoma. And so it's just really, they all knew each other. It's like, you know, it's like all these, so, and, and, you know, that happens, I think to a lot of us is that we're not always entirely aware of what the generation before us has experienced. It takes time for us to digest all that because, you know, we're putting together our own lives and, you know, there's, that's just kind of a normal thing. It takes time, but here just all these, it was all there just, and I was not really aware that it was there for me to walk into and and so there it was and so here with all this you know with, again it's like m with my relationship with both my parents i was prepared to do this and when i decided to be like identify and like completely make it my life passion to be an american indian classical composer i i was very focused and i took it very seriously and you know here mom gave me this opportunity to, to do a ballet score first and that was really cool and i got to share that with lewis which was really neat and and um, you know, so that, anyway, that was that's kind of where that is. And then over time, of course, now we actually have a really great population of American Indian classical musicians that are all professional and doing great work. And I mean, I'm and over time, I've just gotten to network and get to know all of my native colleagues, you know, from um, the United States and Canada. There's just there's a lot, and it's it's increasing. There's a great presence. And I love it because I believe that Indians should be world players. We should be at the forefront of in innovation. And, you know, I mean, look, we got a Chickasaw astronaut. we got a Choctaw senior software engineer at SpaceX. You know, our poet laureate for the third year in a row is Muskogee from Oklahoma. You know, Deb Na uh, Holland is, is now, you know, Department of Interior. You know, our first, um, Charles Curtis was our first um, vice president. He's caught in 1934 with Hoover. He was our first American Indian vice president. And so, you know, I mean, all this, I just think that Indians should be at the forefront of every profession and every expertise in the world. And so that's, that's how I feel about, and I have that demand on myself. It's like, yeah, just go, man, go in this, in this particular field, in this genre. And of course, in music, we've got Native folks all over in different genres. I mean, look, there's... Um, um uh, uh oh my gosh i'm totally forgetting his name he's an or sorry, navajo trumpet player um uh jared <laughs> i don't believe i'm doing this i'm spacing out a friend's name um, but 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 we've got we've got indians in like every every genre i'm getting all excited and and it's just really really cool i am right now looking at connor Chi's facebook post he's at the grammys 
he's one of our Navajo pianists. And here he is, Connor, sitting here at the, at the Grammys right now. You know, it is so cool. And I know him. It's like the coolest thing. It's just really, oh, Delbert Anderson is our Navajo jazz trumpet player. And Delbert, he puts in Navajo folk songs in, in his music. And he makes like, you know, lead sheets out of those. And it's, he's just tearing it up. He's doing great. These are really, these are examples. You know, there's many, many folks in Indian country who are tearing up the music scene right now in, in all genres. It's really cool. And, and, and this very space and time right now we you know i we are talking it so back to so Mm -hmm. this is a conversation between classical symphony um composer (laughs) and the first lady of indigenous hip-hop yes (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you see what I'm cool. you see what I'm with that? That, hey. that, that you know? <laughs> and that is how you have well said and, and and gathered it all is exactly who I'm trying to encourage relatives to remember to remember. Mm-hmm. You know? That's that's us. Yeah, that's us. So something you know. Back to that honor that you know I've expressed to you personally, and as well as on behalf of Intertribal Radio. Mm-hmm. When I hear our traditional sounds, right? Mm-hmm. It is it is like a symphony. Mm-hmm. It's like the music you compose. That's mm-hmm. what I have in mind, you know? So I don't see no difference between what is traditional, okay? Mm-hmm. I believe what you do is traditional as well because yeah. that's yeah. how I hear it in my mind. It's, it's, it's soothing, mm-hmm. right? And 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 if we were to jump to another subject, you know, what did they always say? They said music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, music music is I mean, it's in our DNA. I mean, it's it's part of who we are and we and we've always been expressing, you know, art in general. We've always been expressing music and art that's reflective of the time that we're in. And so, I mean, even if you go to pre-contact times with our tribes, you know, we were creating brand new forms of art and expression at the time. Then that was all modern art, all of it. And it's like, if you like, you know, with Chickasaw people, if you had, you know, traditional shell, if you go back 6,000 years and we're in, you know, people are making shell carvings, you know, for, you know, just different, you know, regalia and stuff. Well, somebody came up with a new system, like, oh, somebody added like a, a notch that goes around the side or some kind of a different type of a Dremel type thing that they had at the time or, or some kind of a die that they were recasting. Whatever it was, somebody was always inventing a new way of doing it. And at that time, the community would respond. And some people would be like, hey, that's really cool. I want to do that. And they would imitate. And then some people then 6,000 years ago would say, you know what? That's not very traditional. I don't think, you know, they would disagree or agree or whatever. There was artistic conversations that happened all the time. Same thing with language. Sometimes we had to make up a new word for something. 
And so there were right. people would talk about it and try out different ways or whatever that happens in every culture. And, uh, and so, you know, native people were, we were dynamic and modern at the time before contact and we're going to do it now. You know, we, every time we get new tools, we're going to incorporate them into who we are. That's just natural. Right. And so here's another thing. And just what, what she said is, yeah. um, there's not always one way, right? One way to approach things. Mm -hmm. We are flexible enough to hear someone else out or hear someone else's approach out because, mm. you know, what works for you isn't maybe not what's going to work for them or, or me. We have, uh, you hear that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> bringing it back in the current time that's real life and i and you know like i said i i you know i tried to find and create that that circle that safe space for us to you know speak in whatever and it's just amazing you know um but we passed that and um we as indigenous, we are not stuck in ways, you know, with this one way works and in, and say as I do, don't, or what is it? Say as, say as I do, don't do as I say, or how, how you know what I'm saying. Right. You know, we um, are often forgotten for we are the ones who created community mm -hmm. that that society you know mm -hmm. back to even what you were saying about law with your your dad mm -hmm. many don't they don't know that constitutional law is actually indian law very, very much so um and you know of course i mean yeah we can go back to the whole thing where the iroquois confederacy was so fundamental in creating the constitution of the united states and you know many indian tribes worked the very similar I and mean, we had very similar approaches to our self-governance at the time and so then of course after after we made treaties with the states well then we created our own constitutions which which um we are literally dual citizens we're citizens of our own tribes and we are citizens of the united states and we have two citizenships and yeah. i love telling people around the world that because it, it actually it's like an extra like I'm, I know who I am. I'm extra solid here. <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and it's, I think it's really important that we lean into that and have great ownership with that. Woo. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. One more time, please, Mr. Tate, could you say it again? Just Which one? About how solid mm -hmm. you stand. Well, yes. And yes. you are. Mm -hmm. Yep. One. And that's and create change you know that and you've yep. done that mm -hmm. one more time well i just okay so when i was talking about just you know the fact that we are we have we've had our own constitutional law for you know uh, for millennium um but we as american indians we are dual citizens of this country we have citizenship as u.s citizens but we also have our primary citizenship with our own tribes 
and that we have dual citizenship and that makes us like doubly invested in where we live and it makes us very very strong and i see other american indians like that i feel that strength i see them as doubly anchored you know doubly planted into the land and so i'm very loyal to to here like this is where i belong and um that 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 imbues even more pride when i think about that and i love expressing that to people around the united states and around the world expressing that that deep sense of rootedness you know that's just that kind of it's like it's our own it's our and i i love it when american indians lean into that feeling and i and i see our our tribal cousins all over the, the continent that way like we're doubly invested it's great it's good stuff it is. <laughs> so would you care to share some of your accomplishments because well, i'm yeah. proud to be in a be, I, I mean i'm i'm a fan i'm i i really am and um you so you understand that your accomplishments are my accomplishments there's yes. the rest of ours so it's 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 not um i'm not asking you to toot your own horn that's not mm -hmm. what i'm asking you to do what i'm asking you to do is tell them who who you are mm -hmm. you know sure you know, I, I appreciate you saying that that my accomplishments are yours because I totally agree. And it's one thing that gives me a lot of fuel, enthusiasm and joy in what I do. And let me let me say why. When I when I received um, another very important commission from the National Symphony Orchestra, um, I, I knew that my work was going to premiere at the Kennedy Center um, in 2005 and I was like, I know, I know what I'm doing. I am going to compose a work, a choral and orchestra work that's sung entirely in the Chickasaw language because that'll be the first time our Chickasaw language will be on the, on the world concert stage. And I saw that opportunity. And of course, what I felt was my whole community sitting down and composing with me. I feel that. And so, and, 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 and that happened and that got recorded by the San Francisco symphony. And now the Chickasaw language is out on Spotify being Ugh. sung with great pride. And I'm just so happy that I had that opportunity. And I just, again, it's like, I'm, I feel my whole tribe with me. So now when I do other works, I also compose in other tribal languages. It's my goal that when those works are premiered, in the in those communities that tr there are tribal citizens there who are understanding this language on the concert stage and i and my desire is for them to feel pride their language is on a world concert stage as it should be i love that feeling and my desire is to that i'm that i'm making other america other native folks feel pride and relevancy and permanency that's what Ooh. I want to, that's what I want to help them feel. And I love it. I just, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I've been given this opportunity to do something like that. And, and, you know, what's really cool is that all of the ensembles, you know, that are singing this are, are mostly non-native people. That's just because that's the way it is. And the, the singers, I mean, they love it. They're, they feel pride. They feel, they know exactly what's happening. They know that these languages are out there for the first time like this in this forum. And they feel that. And they're, and they, and so they're, they're part of that whole good feeling. And so to me, that's just a, that's a beautiful handshake between people. That's really, really great. And I just, I just want to elevate our people. That's what I want.
Right. Because in in the end, you know, there's a lack of accountability that took place. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a big, big lack. And um, not only us as a whole or a collective, but also as an individual. Yeah. You know, we're real quick to uh, point fingers and, you know, not be accountable for any of the actions that took place afterwards. Like, you know, sometimes we are the fucking problem. Excuse my language. (laughs) Right? Sometimes we, and I don't mean as indigenous. That's not what I mean. I mean as an individual in these Mm -hmm. relationships that we have, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't take accountability that you know what? Maybe we were the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, kind of goes back to 1492, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, yeah, we greeted them with heart instead of as warriors as we should. Mm-hmm. You know, that's neither here nor there. But what I can do as who I stand and who I am. Mm-hmm. is I can lift another native up. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, service service to others is really, really important. And, uh, you know, we can, obviously, we have our own personal dreams. And I think that's valid and everything like that. I think it's a, it's so beautiful when we can weave that in with service to others, when we can make them simultaneous. I yes. think that's real. It's a really great opportunity. And so I agree with you. I agree. I think it's really important that we, we see ourselves as a community and the things that we do, we, I, it's, it's good if we can make that help them too. You know, it's like service to others is really, really important to keep that in mind as we do what we're doing. It is. And not fold, fall down that rabbit hole of, you know, that linear violence. Right. You know, and, um, Oh, the that blood quantum, you know, because you and I, right? You know, I'm I'm pretty sure you're, you know, and in the position that I'm gonna speak from now. I have um, you know, by my own. Now I'm from South Dakota originally. Mm-hmm. And um if you were to ask some of my family members, you know, they would say the breakdown oh. of our 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 family, you know, my family, um, was my birth because my father was non-native. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, my own would call me a Washichula. Mm-hmm. My father's side thought I was too Indian, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was always in that space. Just one of those that was based off of looks or what the the influence that was placed on the eye of what indigenous is. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm I'm somebody a time or two didn't think you were chicken soft. 
right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mixed blood Indian and that's, you know, and so um, I don't, I don't fit the visual narrative. That's for sure. You know? Um, right. And so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing about being mixed bloods. And one, I will say this, one thing I, I am really grateful for is that I feel in the last 20 or so years within our own community, that narrative, our own narrative has changed a lot. Yes. And it I'm is. so happy to see this. I, it's so beautiful to see us just, I mean, very much more accepting of each other, even. It's, it's yeah. been a really beautiful growth, I believe, within Indian country. And I think it's, it's, it just makes us better and more powerful. It really does. That we embrace each other. You know, there, you know, I'll tell you something. This was a really neat, a neat comment that my aunt, my auntie Anne made. My, this is my dad's sister. Uh, because I was telling, I was telling her, you know, that I was having, you know, some doubts about, you know, is what I'm doing is is being a classical Indian composer. Is that going to have any relevance? And does it, you know, what's the meaning? And am I all all, all the questions that I was feeling doubt. And she said, she said, oh, honey, she said, Jared, there are just as many ways to be an Indian as there are Indians. And I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> And, you know, that was pretty darn validating. And I'm, I'm so grateful because, you know, she, I mean, I've, unfortunately she's still alive too. And she's heard my works performed and, and, um, and I now have that message for native youth that are much younger than me, because yes. we've got a lot more, we, and, you know, and some are full bloods, some are mixed bloods, and it doesn't matter to me because they're natives. That's what I care about. And they feel that way. And, and I have gotten that energy from somebody who gave it to me. And now I'm able to pass that on when I teach kids, you know, yes. and just, and I, and I never give them a hesitation ever of anything of any kind and not just on looks. I mean, we've all got different experiences. It's not just that we have all different shades of skin. We've Whoa. got different experiences and, and some of those are, I mean, you can't assume, I mean, look, you can have some of the, 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 the lightest skin, Native people speak in their language fluently. You can't assume that they're not fluent, you know, and that's an example. So I just, you know, try to really make sure. Or that they're not indigenous, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so I just love that. I think our energy has really grown in a beautiful way within Indian country. And more than ever, I feel constant support by, by the native community and what I'm doing. And I love making sure that our kids have totally, um, unconditional support from their, from their native elders. And I, that's something that I can give back. And I, I love that opportunity. It's such a good feeling to be aware that I'm doing that. I love it. So, so you know, back to when I asked you to <laughs> not, you know, I, 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 like I said, it wasn't about tooting your own horn okay that one <laughs> yeah okay but back yeah. to those accomplishments so we've got okay. Sam <laughs> show, yeah right we got that symphony right mm -hmm. yeah i've seen the piece you put together for the women mm -hmm. um which, which work is which work is that one that you're talking about um the women's uh Something that a women's group went and sang, or that uh, on a piece that you created. Mm -hmm. Okay, was it a chorus? 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's, oh, that's right. That was the children's songs that the um, the Edmund Choir, that's the, their women's choir had sung here. Yeah, that was really great. That was a really great recording. So tell us the rest of what well, you have composed or where your scores mm -hmm. have, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Well, I, I'm, I'm really, it's been a lot of different circumstances. Of course, I'm, I'm 53. So I've been doing this for 30 years. So this there's now I have got a nice, you know, variety of experiences with all this. And, and so the, the one piece that you were talking about actually was was commissioned by the American Composers Forum for me to compose for kids. And so um, the Dixon Middle School here in, in, in Chickasaw Nation um, uh, has a music director, um, and uh, and she and I are old friends from high school. And so she, uh, I asked her if we could write for them, and they said yeah. So anyway, it's it a piece for kids, and they're called children's songs, and they're in Chickasaw language and vocables is what they sing. And so, uh, and I got to play the piano. It was for piano and chorus and cello, and I got to play the piano part and write for kids and have them sing Chickasaw. It's just really cool. And so here, you know, on, on one end of the spectrum, I've been very blessed to work, be working with very large orchestras, but at the same time, I'm also able to work um, with our communities, you know, um, and I really, really enjoy that. Um, another work that actually, I don't know if you were in Lincoln at the time, but I premiered a work in Lincoln in 2016. It was another work that was community-based because it was a, 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 a cantata that I composed about Standing Bear. And so was I called it at this, the lead? Was it at the lead? Or yes, where it was. was it? Yeah, yeah, it was I, at the lead. Yeah, I know all about it. Yes. Our, <laughs> yeah. our Indian, no, our Indian education um, through the public school had given us all free passes to go oh, to okay. the lead. So I experienced it myself. That's why I said, was it at the lead? Because I think yeah. I remember. <laughs> yes. I did yeah. exactly. So that was really nice to be. I mean, so here it was both at a very important concert hall, but it was also about a very local community. And so the Northern, that was the Northern Ponca were involved with that. And again, that was yeah. a circumstance in which, you know, Grant was up there. Grant Youngblood was the baritone and he is Lumbee from North Carolina. Um, he's one of our classical native um, uh, performers, and he was up there singing in Ponca, and they could they could understand it, and that was terrific. Yeah. And so that's another example of like what I consider a real success because it had all those elements. So it was a mix. I mean, it had it had the non-native community, classical goers, and it had the native community, and some people who may not have been actually been to a classical performance hearing their own language up on stage, and um, so that was that was really really cool. And the Ponca chair was there, you know, talking before, and it was a really neat event. Those that, so that's like another experience that I had that was really great. You know the the ballet that we did um, with I did with mom, our narrator. We had a storyteller um, for the ballet, um, and he, <laughs> this was really cool. Well, um, the narrator was uh, an Omaha actor named Rodney Grant, and Rodney wow. was in Dances with Wolves. Yeah, and we and when mom and I were looking for you know native actors to come in and narrate, we just dreamed big, and we went and looked at all the credits on Dances with Wolves and just started calling, calling the actors who were on the stage and Rodney accepted the gig and we performed that. We got to tour it around Wyoming, but also we, we performed in Rapid City. And that yeah. was really, really nice to be able to do that there. Um, and Rodney was, you know, was there with us and he was one of the guys who was like, you've got to do this, Jared, you've got to do this. You've got to keep, continue. And he was, you know, he, after, coming off of Dances with Wolves, he was, 
really in this big empowerment, you know, with kids and visiting lots of kids. And he was, you know, advocating like, you know, of course, sobriety and just focus and education and all that stuff. He was really on this. And so I was kind of, he was kind of 12 stepping me like, you know, come on, Jared, you got to do this. It was really cool. <laughs> so, so, um, but yeah, that was a really great experience, but I've, I've just had a real variety of contacts and experiences. And I like that. I like being able to just, just kind of meld in with any, any community that that's available. And, um, and also I feel like I'm bridging things when I do that. So anyway, that's, those are, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, then of course that's what we're known for. We're known for adapting. So that's, we got a lot, lot a long legacy of that. <laughs> well, and, 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 and if I could ask you, could you go a little further about your work with the children? Because is that, that mm-hmm. that's just one piece you talked about. You yes. do more, yes. you do way more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been very fortunate to, um, teach native youth around the United States and Canada composition. And in fact, my very first composition student, um, Michael Begay, is um, in graduate school um, at the Peabody Conservatory. Um, and um, he, is a, he is a composer. He went to uh, so, uh, CalArts um, for his undergraduate. But uh, Michael was my first student when I started teaching uh, down in Tuba City um, and uh, at Navajo Nation. And I've just been really, really fortunate to have these opportunities. And so um, since our new First Americans Museum has just been built here in Oklahoma City and opened last fall, um, I am going to teach another composition academy there for our native youth here in Oklahoma. Uh, And then that will continue. I will do two academies per year in the state of Oklahoma around Indian country here. Um, and what I do is, you know, it, it, it focuses on native kids, but there's also non-native kids because I, I like to be inclusive, you know, with all that. And so that there's a, a mix as well. Um, yeah. and, of course, and in Oklahoma, we're very, we're quite integrated, you know, we're quite mixed with, with each other here in the state. So anyway, that's, that's just something I really enjoy doing. And our kids, oh, I mean, our kids are so talented. And then when you give them opportunity and access like that, I mean, th- their works are brilliant. They just absolutely write brilliant new pieces. And what I do is I hire a professional string quartet. So the quartet that's coming in is going to be from the Oklahoma City Philharmonic. They're going to come in and play our kids' pieces and learn them in a day and give a public performance. On uh, July 2nd is when that performance will happen. And uh, we'll stream it. You know, it's going to be just really, really cool and fun. But that's, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. Um, There are two CDs that your listeners can go to either on Spotify or Amazon um, of our Chickasaw Summer Arts Academy composers, all for string quartet, all professionally recorded. And actually the label is a Grammy award-winning label, which is great. But there's two works. If you you look up um, the titles, Oshtali, O-S-H-T-A-L-I, it's our word for Four in Chickasaw, it's like a four-string quartet, like four players, Oshtali, and then Tobachi, T-O-B-A-C-H-I, Tobachi, which is one of our words to make things, to create, like making a new composition. And those, those CDs are packed full of our student compositions. My youngest student was 12 at the time. Um, and, you know, these, these kids grow up to about 19 years old, brilliant and beautiful and just, oh, you know, we are born beautiful, brilliant, and well. And when we give our kids the opportunity to be those three things, we all win. It's just absolutely wonderful. But I'll tell you, those, I'm so proud of those works. And those are only a, a, a fraction 
of the works that have been composed by the kids that I've been able to coach. And I'm so there's more coming. There's more coming over time. I'm not done with this. This is this gives me. <laughs> I got too much life left. So we're gonna we're gonna. I'm gonna be doing this for quite some some time now. But anyway, that's that's what I do. Is I, I like to focus and give native kids an opportunity to compose. And you know what's so cool is like when they start out. You know, many often it's their very first time composing anything at all. And I know that they're going to hear in just one week their piece is played by a professional quartet at the highest level possible. And I know their parents are just going to fall over. It's so cool. It's just the greatest. It is. <laughs> and it is so cool who you are. You, you understand what I'm saying? And your time is very, very, very valuable as well as mine, as well as, you know, the collective, you know, and I feel like there is so much more that, you know, needs to be said about your work and who you are as an individual. But again, because I respect, you know, you personally, um, I respect your, your time. Um, well, we can pause for now, but April, let's 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 do this again. Let's do this again. And would yeah. you please, would you please leave the relatives, the allies, the audience, and you know what I mean about audience. <laughs> leave them with your closing. Um, what you want us to remember, you know, the impact and, 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 and just, just sh share that light of Jared, please. You know, we, we are beautiful and grace filled people. And as I've learned that there are as many ways to be Indian as there are Indians, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet. There's as many ways to be a person as there are people on the planet. And when we allow ourselves to be beautiful and brilliant and well, we can. And, and our power is just incredible. I believe in the human race very, very deeply. And I love being able to relay that as an American Indian. I think it's, I just love it. And I'm so grateful that I am a Chickasaw person. I'm just grateful that I was created that way. And I hope that I can just spread light and joy and love to people abroad as a messenger, you know, I'm just a vessel. And uh, so, but I, I hope I can help other people feel encouraged and happy and focused. So um, I just really appreciate all your time, you know, Hashlaka, Sayopa, Chokmashki, Yakoke. Pilamia, Kola. I truly mean that, Pilamia. And um, I look forward to another space that we can create you know yes. that safe space that um encouraging because that's that's what i get from you from not only you know the the, the conversations that we've held but from afar from someone who admires your work first right because here's the thing your work spoke for the man that you are. Oh, thank you. And that 
is priceless. It's a priceless um, value that you can place on any individual. You know, we are not what they say that we are. We are not the savages. We are not, you know, um, we're not oppressed. Right. You know, it's, it, it, it is, you can thrive. You can thrive. And I'm past the survivor or the survival state that a lot mm-hmm. of us have been in. Yes. Um, I know that in my DNA as well as yours, that that trauma was carried down. You know, it was carried on. Mm-hmm. Of our, here's the thing. You are a living ancestor. Yes. I am a living ancestor. Yeah. And it's time that we act accordingly. Yes. And you've done a, a handsome, beautiful job of acting accordingly and crossing barriers that, you know, many of our relatives think that they can't, they can't break those walls down. And it's not with force. It's not with violence. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that with love. it is with love. Mm-hmm. And again, Pilamia, oh, my heart is just <laughs> racing. It is just going because I, feel so impaired right now. <laughs> Good. That's and awesome. Who would have thought, you know, somebody as, you know, in, in that genre of classical or symphony or, you know what I mean, that yeah. that's, that's what you administer in your medicine. Because this is your medicine and is not, is it not time to claim back the music and the medicine that's in the music, you know, yeah. it's, it's time to claim it back and, and, you know, don't impede no one's medicine, you know, even if you don't agree with it, there is we all have a purpose and it's that frequency that frequency of lining up with purpose in spirit and thank yeah, you yeah. otherwise have- known as superpowers <laughs> yeah. we've uh, all got our own superpowers absolutely right yeah and sometimes <laughs> that loneliness you know when you you know the black sheep or you feel you know whatever it's it's that loneliness that those superpowers come about you know it's 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 when you receive them and so it's just you know that's what that's the understanding that the chosen need to understand and stand on you know never be afraid to speak the truth Never, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we speak it, it, it in many ways. You speak it through your music, you know, and maybe, you know, 
I don't know. I mean, because come on, think about it. How many do, do you associate with um, doing hip hop? You know, are indigenous doing hip hop? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how, how many do you associate the hip hop genre with being indigenous? You know? Well, I, yeah, it, right. It, that, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, stand in truth and it don't matter. You know, all the rest will fall, you know, it'll fall in place. But, you know, we all have a purpose and we all have spirit. And the sooner we are able to align the two of them, Mm -hmm. you know, the better for the collective. Because like I said, like I said, what you accomplish is what I, I too am accomplishing. Yes. And so are the other relatives. And um, it has been a blessing. And we are honored at Intertribal Radio with your visit, Mr. Tate. Well, this, this has been a real pleasure. I really appreciate it, April. And we will absolutely do a round two. There's more to talk about. Thank you. Looking All right, you take care. Okay. Yes, you too. 528 hertz frequency has been determined to be nearly the precise center of the entire electromagnetic color spectrum. There's only one number, only one number in the entire numbering system, whereby the electromagnetic color spectrum is the same as the sound system. That one number is 528. Both the same in color and sound. 528 hertz frequency. A miraculous key that opened doors that no man can close and closed doors that no man can open. 528. It will change your life in the most beneficial way. And now we have substantive evidence, massive amounts of evidence that that is what 528 is. Ultimately, what has happened with this planet is that we are in dissonance to another note, another frequency. It turned out that when we discovered the original musical scale, there was not just six, but a total of nine core creative frequencies to the universe. That is, everything in the universe is made from nine notes, only nine. And that the first six are the sofeggio, and then there's three additional ones that form a perfect circle of sound. And that perfect circle of sound looks something like this. If you graph it. So the first six notes, three nine six four one seven five two eight six three nine seven four one eight five two, was the original sofeggio scale. The five two eight that you can see on my left in green is the color green it's the heart of the rainbow that's the miracle note from the original solfeggio note from the original solfeggio scale and the other note that you see 741 which is part of nature is called the devil's interval in musicology that when you play 741 with 528 it creates such an annoying and dissonant energy, diseasing, stressful, that if you continue to listen to it, you could die. 
And so that the concept here is interesting. In the world today, we have people who are controlling virtually everything economically, geopolitically. Their agenda has been population manipulation, population control for millennia. They have held the secret knowledge, the ancient music, by which the pyramids were constructed based on the math. All of the universe is constructed according to these nine tones. They knew about them. In fact, they instituted. In fact, it was the Rockefeller Foundation in 1939 that instituted the world's standard tuning. The Western world tunes to A440 hertz frequency. That when you tune your instrument to that, the F sharp note is 741. Precisely. The a440 is what now is the standard tuning if you go a439 you're closer to one of the creator's tones if you go a441 you're closer to one of the creator's original tones that's how precisely it has been manipulated to do what to shut down the 95 percent of your brain particularly the right brain that operates the heart-mind for the divine human community. Here is a metaphor so that you begin to understand what we're talking about. When you go driving your car and your channel on the radio is tuned to a station and you're grooving to the music, you love that music, as you get farther and farther away from the broadcasting tower, that music gets static. You start to lose the signal from the clear channel, broadcast, and it gets staticky. When it gets staticky, you get a little annoyed. But you want to listen to it. You really have a heart for that music. So you continue to listen to it for another 10, 15 miles, and suddenly it becomes so annoying that you just get disgusted. You go, ah, and you shut it off. And if you continue to listen to it, you get sick. That's what we're talking about here. Except you don't even know that you've been listening to the static your whole life. You don't even know what the true resonant frequency is because it has been kept from you. So in other words, the master composer, master conductor of the Universal Orchestra is singing love songs in 528, uplifting everything simultaneously. And we're the only species out of tune and accepting static for the clear channel. Dr. Masaru Emoto. He goes up on stage and he has a triangular, you know, a musical triangle that he hits like in an orchestra. He's hitting it over here. He hits it bing and about 30 yards or 30 feet away is his interpreter standing here with the same exact a replica of that same size triangle. Frequency tuned to the same frequency. And he tells his interpreter to put a microphone next to it. And suddenly this one starts to resonate. He hits that one over there. This one starts resonating. How much of your body is full of water? They used to say when I was at Harvard School of Public Health, 
The truth was back then about 86%, 85%, 86% of your body, well hydrated, was water. Today they tell us it's only 75%. Hogwash, you've been dehydrating everybody with the poisons. 93% of the function of DNA is light and sound reception and transmission. Photon, phonon, reception, transmission for intercellular communication and cellular upregulation. You know what cellular upregulation means? It means precipitation. In the now, 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 every millisecond, instant second, you're re-manifesting right now in water. Water is the most energy conductive of all of the materials. It's a superconductor. Let me give you the fundamental, the rudimentary origin of the numbers. Here it is. The most important numbers, three, sixes, and nines. Again, Tesla said, Tesla, who created Tesla coil. Tesla coils, energy amplifiers. Your DNA is an energy amplifier, a coil. Operating by the three, sixes, and nines, primarily. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you've probably looked at engines or motors, magnets that have been wound with copper wire. When you do that, when you wind the copper, coil the copper around the magnet, it enhances the energy dramatically. That's what your DNA is. It's an antenna to the creator. Every single cell of your body has this energy capability. It has this divine intelligence. What does that mean? That means the first entities that you should be communing with in order to uplift yourself, sustain yourself, heal yourself, is the billions of cells in your body that have its own unique genetic intelligence, its own sacred spiral to the creator. And so this is the structure of the way that the universe operates, which does fabulous for us, our understanding of some of the most wonderful uh, pieces of information to may allow us to live a faithful life. A life according to the law, according to the matrix. Here is the simple way to analyze this. You've heard of what goes around, comes around. You've heard of, as you sow, so shall you reap. So this is explains it. Let's say that you're here and you are putting out negative thoughts, negative behaviors, negative actions. It's all energy. The neurology in your brain's powerful. 86% of you is God water. So now that's going out and it goes out and here's what happens. It goes out, it goes up, down. This is called the event horizon. You shoot down through the middle of the event horizon, which is the black hole, comes out and spins back around, ultimately comes right back, bringing to you karma, bringing to you divine judgment. It's all according to the mathematical matrix. It's certain. It doesn't lie. It's always consistent. There's nothing missing, nothing broken in it.